Yesterday, I guess it was yesterday, it may have started before, but pretty much yesterday, football season, SEC football season started. How many of y'all football fans? There's about three of you there, okay. When I shout three, one, two, three, when I shout three, I want you to shout the name of your team and whatever you do, like Roll Tide or Go Vols. Wait a minute, not until I count. Wait, wait, wait. Here we go. One, two, three. You know, one of the silliest games that there ever was is 22 men on the field chasing a pigskin up and down the field. 100 yards. But did you know that literally billions of dollars are spent on that sport every year? From Little League or, or what, do they, what do they call it? Little... What do they call it? For Pee-wee. Little League, whatever. I don't know what it is. I can't hear you all saying it one time. But from there all the way through junior high school, high school, college, NFL, AFL, Canadian football, world football, it's all around the world. And there is something to be said about the home field advantage. Did you know that in soccer, if a soccer team anywhere around the world plays on their home field, they have an advantage. So much so that in soccer, 69% of the games that are played on their home field are won. Somebody say home field advantage. 69%. Are one if they're on their home field. NBA, 62%. Tony, you probably know that. 62% of NBA games are won if they're played on their home court. 62%. Cricket, I think it's 63%. How many of y'all know how to play cricket? There's a few cricket players back there, all right. NFL drops down to 59%. But it's a competitive, they're all competitive, but I mean, it is blown up in this country. 59% win if they play on their home field. So naturally, when they're playing the toughest team, they want to play on their home field. There's something about being in the home field, on your home field, on your home court, in your home territory. You have an advantage over the other team. What are some of those advantages? Well, number one is you're familiar with the place. You're not going to an unfamiliar place. You're not going somewhere that you don't know the territory. You don't know the lay of the land. You're on your own turf. What else is an advantage being on your home field? Noise, you have more fans, more support. There are more people going to show up because they don't have to travel as far. They don't have to spend money going off somewhere else. They're right there. They're going to come right there, and they're going to support you. So you have more support on your home court, in your home field, in your home territory, on your home turf. You have more support. The atmosphere is different for the home team. There'll be some fans for the other team that travel to support them, but they cannot out-yell, out-roar, out-shout, out-dance the home team. There's so many advantages, but I want you to know today that the Word of God the Word of God is the believer's Home field, home territory, home turf. When you've got this word in your heart, you're not distracted by the crowd of the other side. You're not distracted by the devil's roar. You're not distracted by the devil's temptation. You're not distracted by the other things that it tries to throw at you to get you off course, to get you off track, to get you headed in the wrong direction because you've got the home 
team advantage. You've got the word of God hidden in your heart. Proverbs 30 verse 5 says, every word of God is pure. He is a shield, a guard, a defense, protection, cover to those who put their trust in him. So I want to talk about a few of the advantages that we have when we read this word and when we believe it. It's one thing to read it. It's another thing altogether to believe it. If you can believe it, I know that you can receive it right now. If you can believe it, I know that you can receive it right now. Say that with me. If you can believe it, I know that you can receive it right now. There ought to be a song that says, if you can believe it, I know that you can receive it right now. If you can believe it, I know that you can receive it right now. If you can believe it, I know that you can receive it right now. Actually, there is a song that says, if you can believe it, I know that you can receive it right now, right now. If you can believe it, I know that you can receive it right now. But the truth is, if you can believe it, I know. I know that you can receive it right now. A few moments ago, people came up here that had pain in their neck. Every one of them walked away and said, it's better. It's done. It's healed. I'm good. Pain's gone. You know why? Not because I called them up here. Not because I prayed for them. But because they believed the word of God. They believed it. They believed that he is a healer. They believed that by his stripes, they were healed. They believed... And it was done. Because he already did it 2,000 years ago. So this is advantage. When we have this word in our heart, when we hide it in our heart, every word in this book is pure, he said. Every word in this book is pure and he is a shield. He will shield you, which means he will, de- he will guard you. He will defend you. He will protect you. He will cover you if you will put your trust in him. His word brings change. This is a powerful book. We say it is a life-changing book. But if it sits at home on your shelf, you can pass it. And it'll bring conviction. But if you never sit down and open it and begin to read it, you're missing the greatest advantage. There's something about it. You can put it on the dash of your car. And it will bring hope. It will bring promise. It will bring conviction. It will help you stay focused. But you still need to read it and then believe it. It's amazing how God works. I was here last night, and when we left, and it was about 1030, I noticed somebody had thrown some trash out or something. It was right by the road, but I didn't see it until I was already by, and there was a car behind me, so I didn't, I didn't stop to pick it up. Most of the time, I'll stop and pick it up, and we'll take it and put it in the dumpster. So when I came in this morning, Hank Brown says, Pastor, Somebody set out a, was it a six or 12 pack? 12 pack of beer. Set it right there. And Hank was, you know, he was fussing. Said, why would somebody do that? I said, I'll tell you why. Somebody was under conviction. Somebody was going to drink that. And they passed this building and they got under conviction. So they just put it out on the altar. They left it on the side of the road on our property, but they just put it out as an altar and said, I I can't do this. I can't drink this. I've got to change. I've got to do something different. As a matter of fact, right now would be a great time for some of you that are trying to quit smoking or quit taking some kind of drug or quit drinking or something. Just come up here and lay it on the altar. Just put it on the altar. Say, I'm not going to do it. It would be a good time just to run down here and say, I'm putting it on the altar. I'm giving it to God. I've seen that happen. It'd be a good time for some of y'all to do that because I know what you're thinking. Oh, I'm embarrassed. I wouldn't do it. Well, you need to get over that. 
because everybody here on the home team you, you, you have the, the atmosphere is here right now for your support we will cheer for you we will shout for you we will rejoice with you because when you lay something down, when you lay down a vice, when you lay down a habit, when you say, I'm done with that, I'm, I'm going to start today, it's a new day, then we want to shout with you. As a matter of fact, if you go to CR on Monday night, you will find out it's an awesome opportunity to find people that will help you, that will shout with you. That will, It's a safe place. It's a place of victory. It's a place of where you get a touchdown every week. We give out little, little chips, different color chips for 30 days clean and 60 days and 90 days and six months and one year and two year and five year and 10 year and 20 year when you're clean of whatever it is that was keeping you bound. See, this word, it brings change. Psalm 119, 11, he says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. But you've got to hide it in your heart. And if you will read it, you'll be surprised. You'll be amazed at how much of it you'll remember. And when you find yourself in a tough situation, when you find yourself facing a battle, when you find yourself in a storm, the verses that you read a week ago, a month ago, six years ago will jump out at you. They'll be in your mind, and you'll be able to quote that verse, and it will bring comfort and strength to you because this word, when you hide it in your heart, it brings real change. It brings real power. It brings real deliverance. It brings real victory. It brings real salvation when you hide this word in your heart you get saved for real I mean really saved really really saved if there's not real change we might as well shut this church and go do something else I can't change anybody but this word, it will change the hardest heart, the hardest sinner, the most evil person, the most despicable people. It will change them. It will transform them. It will turn them around. Their heart will change. Their character will change. Their attitude will change. Their actions will change. Their very face and demeanor will change. Everything about them will change. I had a man come in a number of years ago and his mama came down and she said, I want you to pray for my son to get saved. And I said, okay, let's pray. What's your son's name? And she told me and so I, we prayed and then I, I said, where is your son? She said, well, he's right back there. I said, he's right back there. I looked back there and I said, is that you? And he said, yeah. I said, come down here. So he came down here. And he was so dark, it was like he had a, a lampshade on his head. I mean, he was, just, he was just shrouded in darkness. He had this ring on. I said, what is that? He told me. And I knew I, I, it, it, was, it was attached to curses. I said, give me that ring. Take that thing off. I said, you need to throw that away. I said, bring me a trash can. They brought it over there, and they, he, he put it in the trash can. I said, don't ever dig it out again. Don't ever go after that again. I said, that, that is cursed. I prayed for him, and God touched him, and so helped me. The people that were there that night will testify to this. It was like the lampshade went off, and a light was shined on him. His countenance changed so drastically just in that moment. He, it was like there was a light shining on his face. He began to smile. He began to radiate the power and the presence of God. He went on to become a part of our church. He got saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, found out that he had been on disability. He had PTSD. He had been in uh, one of the wars. He had been, in, been deployed overseas. He came back. And he, he was on disability. He had PTSD. He hadn't slept in his own bed for seven years. He was sleeping in a recliner. He said, Pastor, 
he said, I want to go back to work. I, I want a career. And he was, he was in his early 40s. I said, well, you can have that. So we began to pray for him. And he actually worked around here for a while. He came and started volunteering at the church. And then I put him on as a custodian for a while. He's moved away now. He's living in another town. He's not here now. But uh, we still stay in contact. And when he, when he came, he said, I want to go back to school. So we prayed. And because he was on disability at the time, he, he qualified for, for financial aid for school. He says, but if I go, and he had stopped taking all of his meds. He had all these schizophrenic meds that he was taking, and he had stopped taking all of those. He said, if I go back, they're going to ask me if I'm on my meds. And he said, if I do, they won't qualify me for the financial aid. And I said, well, the Bible says, be wise as a serpent and be harmless as a dove. I said, so you're supposed to be on your meds, right? He said, yeah. Well, he had thrown away that recliner and bought a new bed that he had been sleeping in the recliner for seven years. I said, take these meds and put them between your mattress and your box springs. And when you lay down at night, you are laying on your meds. And if the doctor says, are you still on your meds? You can say, absolutely. I'm on them every day. Every night I'm on my meds. He did. He went to the doctor. They asked him, are you on your meds? He said, absolutely. Absolutely, I'm on them every day. They gave him, they passed him with flying colors. He went on back to school. He graduated at the top of his class. He came back. He married a girl from the school. They started into business together, started a very successful business, doing well, and he's doing well today. Come on, somebody. His word brings real change. And if you read it and believe it, his word will promote spiritual growth in you. It'll promote spiritual growth. It says new believers there, but let me make it plain because 1 Peter 2, 1 and 2 says babies, like newborn babies. It will, it will promote spiritual growth in baby Christians. If you got saved today, and you'll start reading this word. If you just got saved yesterday, if you'll start reading this word and believing this word, I don't care how old you are, you may be just out of the womb. You may be just born again. You may be fresh, new baby in Christ, new believer in Christ. He says, so put aside every trace of malice, put away all deceit, put away all hypocrisy and envy, and all slander and hateful speech. Notice he said, put it away. How many have stuff at your house? And sometimes if you've been lazy on a Saturday or on the weekend, stuff's everywhere. Am I talking to anybody? Are there any hoarders in here? you got stuff everywhere just laying around anywhere. Come on, don't be ashamed. I'm not taking an offering. We'll do that later. How many of y'all, you got stuff at your house? you got stuff laying around. And your wife comes in or your husband comes in, depending on which one is the, the tosser. And they'll say, you need to put this stuff away. At Tony and Tanya's half, house, Tony is the tosser. At my house, Pastor Rita is the tosser. And if I don't put the stuff away, the stuff gets tossed away. If I leave it, or just, just last week, I had a pillow that I loved. It had been in my possession for a long, long time. She said, it's time to get rid of that pillow. I said, no, don't get rid of my pillow. That's my favorite pillow. That's the pillow I turn on my side, and, and I sleep with that pillow. She said, no, I'm, I'm going to get rid of it. I'm throwing it away. I said, don't throw it away. She said, well, I'll get you another one. I don't want another one. She ordered another one. It wasn't the same. She brought it in and said, I got you a pillow. And she threw my pillow away. And they're giving high fives over here because they think that's a victory. <laughs> so the one that I got, it ain't going to work. 
You can have it. If you want it, you can have it. I'm going to have to shop for another one that matches the old one because that one ain't it. It did not have bugs. There ain't no bugs in my house. There ain't no bugs in my pillow. But notice this scripture, he said, he said, put it aside. Put it up. Put it away. There's some things that you need to put away. He said, put away every trace of malice. Put away all your deceit. Put aside your hypocrisy. Quit being a hypocrite. Look at your neighbor and say, he must be talking to you right there. Put away all envy and all slander. And put away your hateful speech. I'm talking to somebody. It's in the book right there. Put away your hateful speech. Quit being mean. Then he said, like newborn babies, you should long for the pure milk of the word so that by it you may be nurtured and grow in respect to salvation, its ultimate fulfillment. When you read this book, let me tell you, when you read the Bible, when you believe the Bible, it will promote spiritual growth in you. You will change. You may be a newborn baby, but if you'll start on the journey, three months from now, look back, you won't be the same. Six months from now, you won't be the same. Twelve months down the road, you look back, and you will be a different man or a different woman. It will change you. It will transform you. It will promote spiritual growth. You will begin to move toward maturity. And then if you're a growing believer, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. It will promote spiritual growth in in believers. If you are a believer, you keep on reading, you keep on believing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Keep on reading, keep on believing. Study the Bible. He said said in Timothy, study to show yourself approved. A workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth it will change you it will open up doors it will open up favor it will open up increase it'll bring increase into your hand you're looking for the answer people spend their whole life going through life trying to find the answer trying to find the satisfaction trying to fulfill their purpose it's in the bible for you Your purpose is in the Bible. Your destiny is in his word. Your future is in his word. Your healing is in his word. The answer to all your promises, all of your desires, it's in his word. And yet it just sits at home on the nightstand. See how quiet it got? I'm just telling the truth. His word promotes Spiritual growth in mature believers. For you veterans of the faith, we never arrive. We think when we get to the next level, we will have arrived. And there is satisfaction. There is peace. There is joy. There are answers. There is more revelation. There is more insight. There is more peace. There is more hope. But every time you get to the next level, he's got another level waiting that it just keeps getting better and better and better. You go to that next level and you get more insight. You have more aha moments. You have more peace. You have more joy. You have more fulfillment. As you get more and more mature, he's got one more step for you. He'll take you to the next level, inch by inch. Come on, somebody. Line upon line, precept upon precept. He just keeps building your faith. You just get stronger in him. You you know more about the word of God. You've been begin to declare things and they are established for you you know what the book says you believe it you read it you read it you believe it and it changes your life and it changes those around you those in your household it changes them it changes them they, they can't stay in your house without either either getting closer to God or running and you've had some in your house to run you've had some kids to run Oh, but the Bible says train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he won't depart from it. If they run for a season, you just keep them covered. You just pray for them. You just cover them by the blood of Jesus. And you keep on declaring and decreeing because you put the word in them. They may run for a moment, but they're going to circle around. They're coming back. They're coming back. They're coming back. They're coming back. Keep on praising. Keep on believing because they are coming back. Let me show you how many of you 
ran for a season, but you came back. Let me see your hand. Come on. Just wave them as a testimony. Look around and see the hands. These are the ones that it was put in them, but they came back. They came back. They came back. Hebrews 5.14 says, but solid food. You're off the milk. You're off the Gerber. And you start eating solid food. But solid food is for the mature. Now don't get too haughty. Don't get too arrogant. Don't feel like you're holier than thou. You're just on a journey. And you're just a little bit out in front of somebody else. But if you're not careful, they will pass you. You will regress for your heady, high-minded, haughty attitude. Don't get haughty. Don't think you're better than somebody else just because you're out in front of them. You got there first because you started first. But if you're not careful, they will pass you up. They will find a shortcut that will take them further down the road because of a good attitude, because of their prayer life, because of their praise life. Come on, somebody. But solid food is for the mature. One of the things that makes you mature is realizing you, don't, you are not holier than thou. You're not better than somebody else just because you started sooner. One thing that makes you mature is because you have wisdom in the Word of God. And you've been through some trials. You've been through some storms. You've been through some battles. You've been through some valleys. And God brought you through and you came out on the other side with victory. Solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves. See, you're waiting on everybody to do it for you. You're waiting on somebody to train you. You're waiting on somebody to do it for you. You're waiting on somebody to pick up behind you. You're waiting on somebody to pick up your stuff. No, no, you need to put away the anger, the wrath, the malice, the, the attitude. You, you put that away. Solid food is for the mature who by constant use of the word of God have trained themselves. Look at your neighbor and say, train yourself. Come on, get a good preachy voice. Look at them and tell them, train yourself. You acting like a baby when you ought to be eating mature food, solid food. You ought to be mature. Train yourself to distinguish between good from evil. Watch this. You know what's right. You know. You know what's right. You've been around a while. You know what's right. You know when you lie. You know when you tell a lie. Why would you do it? You know if you cheat on your income tax. I, I don't know about that now, Pastor. The government, they, they got too much money now. They, they always cheating. They got my money. They, they got. That's just the price of living in the greatest country on the planet. I'm sorry. They do charge too much sometimes. But the Bible says, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar. See, it's in the book. And unto the Lord, what belongs to the Lord. And see, if you, if you cheat on your income tax, you won't be paying all your tithe either. Yeah, I mean, am I right? If you cheat at one thing, you cheat at something else. Don't you think God knows? Dr. Shirley, you want to preach now? I have killed it now. Pastor Rita, you, you want to preach? Tony, you want, you want it now? Baby, you want it now? Everybody's good. His word promotes spiritual growth in mature believers. If you read this book, if you read this, and then if you believe it, you will have revelation that you don't have before you start reading it. You will have insights and aha moments. I mean, 
it jumps off the pages. I've read this book I don't know how many times. My granddaddy was 90 years old when he went home to be with the Lord, and he read it at least twice a year. He would read it and read it and read it, and every time he read it, he said he would, he would see something he had never seen before. He would get revelation he had never seen before. He would say, how have I read that thing 50 times, and I never saw that? Has that happened to any of you? you you've read it, and then you I mean... Maybe even in the Gospels, you're Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, or the book of Acts, the book of Action. You read it and you'll say, I never saw that. I, that. I never saw that before. All the times I've read this book or all the times I've read that chapter, I've, I've never seen that. I've never seen it just like that. It's amazing the insight and the revelation you get. First Peter 1, he said, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind I love this I love this chapter I, I love these verses in the early church they didn't have cell phones they didn't have telephones they didn't have telegraph they had runners and if they needed to send a message from one village to the next they would give the message to the runner and he would run to the next village. And you've seen in plays, I'm sure, the, the cloaks, the, 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 the clothes that, that men would wear. They always wear robe-like clothes, you know, flowing garments. So you can imagine running with all that. So what they would do is they would take long leather straps and before the runner would run, he would... He would take those leather straps and wrap that garment up and gird up his loins so that it resembled trousers so he could run without the hindrance of that flowing garment. You get the picture? So the writer here in 1 Peter says, gird up the loins of your mind. Now everybody knows your mind don't have loins. But what he's trying to do is get you to understand that your mind has the potential and the capacity and it's capable of having like flowing garments that hinder your vision, that hinder your thought process, that hinders your thinking, that hinders the way that you perceive things. So he said, you need to get a hold of yourself, get a hold of your mind, wrap up those thoughts, wrap up the loins of your mind so you can think clear, so you can see clear, so you can visualize and perceive so that when you begin to function with your mind, you're not hindered by all this stuff. And to make it even more clear, the next verse, the next part of the verse, he says, be sober. I think I'll just park here for a minute. Be sober. Oh. Well, I like to get intoxicated. I like to have one or two on Friday night or Tuesday night or Monday night or Wednesday night or Thursday night or Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon. Mm -hmm. See, right there in the Bible, the Bible says, be sober. Say, well, I don't, I don't drink but a little bit. How much... Do you have to drink to be a little bit intoxicated? A thimbleful? Will a thimbleful make you a thimble percent of your body intoxicated? Y'all see how quiet it got? All the sipping saints got real quiet right then. <laughs> Gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. Be sober. Gird up the loins of your mind. Get a hold of yourself. Be sober. The opposite of sober and sobriety is intoxicated. When you are intoxicated, you don't think as clear. He's talking about how we think right here. When you are intoxicated, you don't see as well. You don't think as clear. You don't hear as well. Your speech is slurred. Depending on what level of intoxication you are, I've seen some folks, they couldn't even talk. 
talk because they were so drunk. And you laugh, but the Bible says you ought to be sober. Gird up the loins of your mind. Get a hold of yourself. Think clear. Be awake. Be alert is what he is saying. Be focused. See where you're going. See what's out there. See what's see your surroundings. Don't be intoxicated. You must be sober. I thought I'd get some shouts and amens right there, but that's okay. And then he said, rest your hope 10%. Rest your hope just a little bit on the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Did I miss it? What did he say? Rest your hope what? Fully. Put your hope, put your confidence, put your trust, put your belief system. What is your belief system? What is your worldview? What's your, what's your entire worldview? Is it, is it conservative? Is it Christian conservative? Or is it liberal? I mean, what is your worldview? Mine's biblical. This is my worldview right here. I might as well just go ahead and meddle while I'm up meddling today. There's one of the Ten Commandments that says, Thou shalt not kill. Yet there's a political view that says women have no right. It's their body, so if they want to destroy the life in it, they can. And if you've done that at some time in your past, I'm not here to con condemn you. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that there is a, an agenda of the devil, an agenda of the enemy to destroy. It's been, it's been that way since the beginning of time. He has tried to destroy baby boys and baby girls. He has tried to snuff them out on the planet. He has tried to keep them from being birthed because he did not want their destiny as a child of God to come forth and them to walk in the blessings and the devil conquering destiny of God that has been his agenda from the beginning you can go back to the times of days of Herod when he wanted to kill all the babies under two years of age they were already born it has been his agenda somebody shout yes Christy Sawyer that was here last week for the for the conference on was it Friday morning Friday morning that she spoke and she said that she did not know her, her past, her history. She was adopted, and she did not know it for a while, for, for several years after she was, I guess, as she was an adult, after she was grown, maybe, maybe a young adult or a late teenager. But she found out that she had been birthed by a, a, a man and a woman that were into witchcraft and Satanism, and that the mother wanted to abort her and tried to abort her, but she was born. Her mother, her mother, she met her mom on one occasion. She said, I never wanted you, didn't want you, wanted you dead, wanted to abort you. Can you imagine how that would feel until you get the revelation of the word of God that says, I knew you from the foundation of the earth when I, I formed you in your mother's womb and I have a conquer, devil conquering destiny for you. And she has overcome the past. See, the problem with a lot of us is we let our past bog us down. We let our past chain us down. We let our past sink us. When your past is not who you are. Oh, you didn't hear me. I said your past. I'm, I'm about to set somebody free. Your past is not who you are. I don't care what your past is. I don't really care what you've done, where you've been, how evil you were. I don't care how many times you were in jail. I don't care what your sentence was. I don't care what your past is. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, a new creation, a new creature. All things are passed away. All things are brand new. Gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. Rest your hope fully, completely, 1,000% on the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. When you get the revelation of Jesus Christ, everything changes. His word is revelation. And then he said, as obedient children, act like an obedient child, what he's saying. As obedient children. You've seen children that were obedient. You've seen some that were not. 
Wave your hand if you understand what I'm talking about. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust, your formal life, your former attitude, your former character, your past, not conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance, as you did when you didn't know better. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all manner of conduct. Be holy in all your conduct. See, somebody said now when, when I read Be Sober earlier, you pull that out and said, oh, he, he's talking about our mind here. He's just wanting us to think clear. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's twofold. He's wanting you to gird up the loins of your mind and think clear and be sober in your mind, in your thought process. But then down here he says, but as he who called you is holy, also you should be holy in all your conduct. And what I don't understand is, if you have the Holy Ghost, why do you need a counterfeit? If you have the Holy Spirit, if you have the real spirit, why do you need spirits in a bottle? I'm making some folks uncomfortable right now, but we might as well go ahead and get it out there so you know where we stand over here. Drugs and alcohol... Will separate you from God. It's a counterfeit. It will separate you from Him. His word is revelation. And when you read His word and believe His word, you will get it. You will understand. I won't have to tell you. You'll come tell me, Pastor, that which I was doing, I, I can't do that anymore. I don't want it anymore. Don't need it anymore. I got the real thing. I got God. I got the Holy Ghost. I've got revelation. I've got insight. I've got all, all I need. Jesus is all I need. We sing about it. You hear us shouting about it. You, you see what, what we say. But when you experience him, you get the revelation for yourself. And when you study his word, when you read his word, when you believe his word, his word makes your faith come alive. It comes alive. It, it lights up. It, you get insight in your faith. Your faith, you, you begin to believe what you couldn't believe before because you know what the Word says. Romans 10, 17. So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. How many have experienced that? You heard it. You heard the word. And, and, you, and you got it. The light came on. You just, you just begin to believe. Faith comes alive. When you read his word, faith comes alive. The more you read it, the more you believe it. The more you believe it, the more you can act it out. You hear me say one of my favorite verses in Job twenty-two twenty-eight: Declare a thing that it might be established for you because your life follows your word. He also says life and death is in the power of the tongue. And when I teach faith, I teach these verses because it is in your tongue. In Ephesians, he said, be imitators of Christ as dear children. Imitate him just like children. What do children do? Have you ever seen your kids put on daddy's clothes or mama's clothes or mama's shoes, daddy's shoes, and walk around the house clumsy with your clothes on, with your shoes on? Anybody seen that? Your kids, your grandkids done that? They're acting like you. They're imitating you. They want to be like you. He says, as dear children, he said in Ephesians, he said, be like, be like your father, be like your mother. Well, what did he do? Well, you go to Genesis, and you read Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And God said, let there be, 
and there was. And he saw that it was good. And again, about 30 times, 31 times, and God said and God saw. And God said and God saw. He began to speak it. He, he spoke it and then he saw and then he said it is good. He said it and he saw it. He said it and he saw it. See, we're backwards. We want to see it and then we'll believe it. We, got, we want to see it first. I, I've heard people say, well, I'd have to believe that to see it. Well, you won't see it then. You got it all backwards. He said you got to say it to see it. So you say it, and then you see it. See it in your spirit, and then you'll see it. Say it in your mouth, and it will happen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It will make your faith come alive when you read his book and when you believe his book. When you read the book and believe the book, his word is healing. And you can believe for healing. If you need a healing miracle today, the healer's in the house. He said, my child in Proverbs 4, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. For they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Life to those that find it. Life to those that believe. And healing to your entire body. He sent his word and healed them. He is the healer from the foundation of the earth. He has been and is the healer. He is the healer today. Hebrews 13, 5, he said he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Some people believe that he healed in the Old Testament, and he can today, but he really doesn't do a lot of that. The devil's a liar. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. He is the same. Hebrews 13. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he healed yesterday, if he healed in the Old Testament, if he healed in the New Testament, he will heal in 2020, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. He is the healer. They're saying now there's two more strains of COVID that are out. But if you go back and get your Lysol can from about 10 or 15 years ago, on the side of the can it says it's good for COVID. It kills the COVID germ. And when COVID came out, you won't like this. Some of you won't like this. But when COVID came out, they said if you'd had the flu shot, you would test positive for COVID, even if you weren't sick. See how quiet it got again? I killed it again. I've killed it several times today. They're saying now that there's another, another virus, two more strands of COVID. Hospitals already this week are making masks mandatory again. But during the bubonic plague, it was the ones that didn't wear the mask that buried the mask wearers. I just throw that out there for you. That was free. That, that was free. That didn't cost you anything extra. His word is healing. He is the healer. His word is victory. I don't care what your battle is. I don't care what your storm is. I don't care what you're going through today. I don't care what you're facing. It really doesn't matter if you just get this word. 1 Corinthians 15. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. You can have victory today in whatever you're going through. Spiritual, physical, financial, emotional, relational, depression, oppression, drugs, alcohol, bankruptcy, divorce. It don't matter. Jesus is the answer. For the world today. If I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that God could solve them. His word is victory. And then his word brings blessing, increase, and favor. Anybody need a blessing? Those of you that just lifted your hand, just put it on up. The rest of you don't need a blessing, but if you just lifted your hand. Father, in Jesus' name, I release blessing 
In the name of Jesus, I release blessing right now. Spiritual blessings, financial blessings, increase into their hands. Supernatural favor in Jesus' name. We release blessings now in the mighty name of Jesus. We release increase according to your word in Jesus' name. Let increase come. Let insight come. Let revelation come. Give creative ideas to your people right now. Release creative ideas to them that will bring increase into their hands that will bless them and minister to them and to their family. In the name of Jesus, we declare it so in Jesus' name. Psalm 115, 14. May the Lord give you increase more and more. You and your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. That's what his word does. So today, as we are getting close to the last quarter of 2023, first Sunday in September, the the ninth month, the month of birthing, I just wanted to birth in your spirit the idea, the the conception. I want you to conceive that this word will change everything in your life. This word will change the way you live. This word will change your lifestyle. This word will change your family. This word will change your favor. This word will change the resources that flow into your hands. This word will change your eternal destiny. If you will read it and believe it. May the Lord increase you more and more and more and more may it just keep getting better and better and better and better I want you to be full and overflowing. I want the revelation to come to you. If you haven't registered for the School of Roar, you need to get registered for the School of Roar because this is a practical, hands-on ministry school where we teach you how to marry, bury, baptize, cast out devils, walk on the water, open blinded eyes and deaf ears, kill the giants, and move the mountains. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you for your word. Thank you for revelation. Thank you for supernatural favor. Thank you for good health, for your healing power flowing through us today. Thank you for good health. Thank you, God. We praise you. We bless you. We worship you. We adore you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. With his word, you have the hometown, home field advantage every day, no matter where you go.